Hello everybody, welcome back to Game Over Ottawa. Charlie and Maud back once again, and for the first time this season on a dual host stream, we actually get to celebrate a victory, so you know what that means. Hit the button. There it is, there it is. The Pittsburgh Penguins have been sensed tonight by the Ottawa Senators by a score of 5-2. to two. A Pretty funny game, to be honest. How are you feeling, Charlie? It's it's weird. It's it's good and bad. I felt better after the like I don't know. I thought the Sens deserved to win against the Islanders, and I don't know if they really deserve to win this one. I think like during this game, it feels a little bit better um, after the first period ended. But that first period felt like the inverse of the Sens Sabers game on Tuesday, where. I didn't necessarily think the Sens lost because the Sabres were playing well. It was just that every chance the Sabres had went in. And that's kind of how the first period felt, I think. Um, not to say that the Sens didn't play a solid rest of the game, but that first period, brutal. But then I, they did. I'm, I'm rambling. I'm, we're already rambling. Oh, my God. 10 bro. seconds in, and I'm already like off the rails. <laughs> Reel me back in. Start talking about something so I can... <laughs> yeah, well, main point here tonight is that they did enough to get a W, which they haven't been doing lately. So we're really happy about that, and we're yeah. going to get into lots of things about tonight's game. But first, I just want to mention, of course, rest in peace to Matthew Perry. Um, I believe Ottawa native, right? He was a big Sens fan yeah. and, of course, famous for Friends. Uh, horrible to lose a member of the Sens army. And uh, I don't know, I think I've never watched Friends, so it's not too close to me. But of course, as a Sens fan, just super sad news. And uh, I think you've watched Friends, right, Charlie? Yeah, yeah. Um, from my understanding, growing up in Ottawa, he had always been an L.A. Kings fan. And then he moved to L.A. Um, not too long before the Sens showed up. So as far as I can tell, he never lived in, where his favorite NHL team was oh, at wow. any given moment. But um, yeah, just someone who always found a way to fit in sports stuff. I've never seen the movie, but I know in the whole nine yards, um, he's wearing a shirt with the Sens logo on it at times. Oh, that's um, awesome. And in, I want to say it's early, in early season of Friends, I think it's in the first season, you see him, there's a shot of him at work. It's when he's trying to quit smoking um, and he's in his cubicle and there's like a Toronto Blue Jays hat on his desk, like just always finding a way to fit stuff in. So uh, yeah, really, really sad to see that tonight, just out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like you said, he's a Hollywood guy and he was still making time for the Sens. I think he was seen at a game as recently as last year. Uh, people were posting a picture of him on the Jumbotron and I'm pretty sure it was a game from last season. So he was still making time for his hometown team, which was which was awesome. And yeah, just our thoughts are with all his friends and family as they're dealing with this loss. Yeah, uh, never going to be able to watch friends the same way again. So, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but had to get that out of the way, of course. Rest in peace, Matthew Perry. Um, but we do have some more positive topics tonight with the 5-2 win for the Sens. Uh, I had to spin my Kachuk jersey around tonight just to, just to flex that. it. Yeah. Because he was uh, kind of the heartbeat of the team tonight, at least on offense, I think. Him and Giroux, probably. Uh, do you want to start there with the top line? I think they that was probably... Do you think it was their best game so far this year? Because I think it might be. Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um and yeah, I, I think they were absolutely the best line um, for the Sens tonight, uh, which I don't know how much of that has to do with the fact that our favorite second line was finally broken up for some reason mm -hmm. um, going into this game. But 
yeah, no, the that top line finally looked like the top line that we saw last season. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know if it's just a matter because everyone was saying how like, you know, I mean, I, no one's had any complaints about Kachuk so far this season. I don't think um, a lot of it was how Stutzla needs to do more. And um, if nothing else, he was way more noticeable. He was flying. Um, yeah. And then Drew, like just a solid all around game from him um, had two primary assists on the first two goals. So zero complaints about the top line yeah i think you're absolutely right best best game of the season for them so far yeah through that first period which was obviously just a gigantic mess it was definitely Giroux as the mvp with setting up both of those goals um and of course shout out to ridley greg with the beautiful between the legs tip on that first oh, goal. Yeah. that was sweet as hell too uh i think he's at the top of the list for rookie point scoring now if if i'm oh is he not misremembering okay. because because he got two more points today right so at least near the top. I'm not sure if he's exactly number one, but that's something I wasn't expecting so far to see so much offense from from Ridley Quick so quick. And of course, the setup from Giroud, as as we were talking about the top line, I kind of went went off on a random tangent there. But yeah, Stutzla as well. I think we have to give full credit to him because mm-hmm. I thought he was flat out awful in the last game, and the couple games before that he was pretty bad too. But uh, he really picked it up here tonight. He wasn't exactly taking over the game as we've seen him do before but mm-hmm. like you said the speed and just being way more engaged and able to pick up was it two assists in the end did he get a second one uh yeah yeah, two assists. yeah he did it was a it was a great play to just throw the puck on net on that second assist for the kachuk goal um because i think up until that point he actually didn't have any shots on net in the game despite playing pretty well so i'm glad yeah. that he just he just threw it on net and they were able to get something out of it it was just that kind of night where you just had to put the puck on net and seemed like something was going to happen yeah, and an underrated part of that goal too, uh, with Kachuk, like he's the guy that you you stick in front of the net because he's impossible to move, and he'll just shuffle whatever in. His hands in tight on that goal for sure. Oh my god, like that was you forget ridiculous. you forget that he's got hands. You for, mm-hmm. you completely forget. It's crazy. Like, obviously, he's good in front of the net, but that was that was filthy. Like. Uh, yeah. for, forehand to backhand shelf like I at first I didn't realize it went in for about a second because it was in and out so quickly it was just it was a beautiful move so huge marks to the captain here tonight for for carrying the offense um and then we also got to give credit to Dominic Kubelik for getting on the board for the first time this season with a goal first goal first point as an Ottawa senator I think it took a lot longer than everyone would have liked but it's funny to me that he goes onto that Greg and Joseph line, and then suddenly he looks good, right? Call me, uh, call me ignorant, but I just would have assumed that, given the, uh, you know, the point totals, that Tarasenko was going to be the play driver on that line. Mm-hmm. No, nah, just put anyone with Joseph and and Greg, and yeah. and, and he's going to do super well. I guess it's so weird. I wasn't expecting it to be like that at all, especially because I think. Like, I mean, I was just saying Greg has a bunch of points now, but Tarasenko had as many as him, if not more. So it seemed to be that he was the guy uh, driving things on that line. But he had a quieter night being moved with uh, uh, Batherson and Norris, although he did Mm -hmm. pick up an assist in the third period. Um, Good for Batherson to get on the board, too, because it's been a rough start to the season for him as well. So Batherson and Kubelik both scoring. Uh, Good to get them going. Like... I don't know what you've thought about Batherson's game, but I haven't been impressed with him like at all. And I wasn't impressed with him in this game, but then he scored. So it's like, hopefully that will get him off the schneid, right? 
Yeah, I think Batherson more than anyone else on the team, I I flip flop like crazy from game to game. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with with last season. And I think we pretty much know he played a lot of last season injured, which is maybe why he was so brutal defensively. Um, but yeah, no, Batherson, there there are times with him throughout this season so far where I just like I can't believe how poorly he's playing. And then there are some times where he'll do something with the puck and I go, Oh my god, is Tim Stutzler right-handed? Like it he's it's so back and forth. And yeah, like you said, really nice to see him finally get on the scoreboard. Um yeah, great, great goal as well from him. Really like that move. Yeah, that's the thing with Batherson that's frustrating is he has the ability to wow you with the puck. But the last time I remember him making an impact play like that was against Washington, where he had that assist to Norris uh, after him and Kubalik were in on the forecheck. And oh, then, that little behind-the-back pass? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. that was the last time we saw something really good from Batherson, like, four games ago. So, glad that he got something here today, even though I think his overall game uh, still needs some improvement. Um, but I also want to give credit to the fourth line tonight, too, because this is a group of players that I feel like no one expects anything out of, but they actually had mm-hmm. some really good shifts today. Um, for the first power play goal, they drew that penalty with solid pressure in the offensive zone. And in the third period as well, they had another shift where they were just banging and crashing around the crease. Very easily could have scored. They just uh, Maybe they don't exactly have the, the puck skills or the finesse in tight like Brady Kachuk does. But I thought that line was causing a, quite a bit of havoc tonight. Full marks to them too. Yeah, I don't, have the, I don't have the stats in front of me, but I want to know how many blocks that line had. Because it feels like a lot. Um, I, I was about to try to check it, but the freaking NHL box score does not have blocks in the in the basic box Brutal. score. Brutal NHL, you got to revamp your whole thing again, please and thanks. Um, you, you know what? Um, I wonder if this might tie in a little bit to what you're saying because now I'm seeing the three stars in this box score, and Parker Kelly is the second star which I wouldn't have expected. Even though I was just saying that the fourth line was very good tonight, I wonder if Kelly specifically had like a lot of block shots or something that I just didn't pick up on. Because uh, he he also isn't credited with a hit in, in the box score. So I'm a little bit surprised now that I'm seeing this uh, in the three shots. That's strange. That's a little weird to me. Unless, unless 27, unless it was like an error, maybe it was supposed to be another number or something. Even though the fourth line was good tonight. Have to, uh, have to give them credit for sure. I, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be stuck on this until I figure out what happened. That's <laughs> I, I'm gonna to completely out. derail my head the rest of this show. What? Oh my god! Wait, wait. You know what? They don't even have Corpusalo in the three stars. They put Kachuk, Kelly, and Greg. How did they not have Corpusalo in there? <laughs> what is that? No, that's okay. What's going on? We'll, we'll, we'll talk about Corpusalo in a second, but I'm stuck on Parker Kelly. So. Uh... <laughs> Deltago in the chat says that each of the three guys on the fourth line uh, had one block shot each, uh, according to TSN. So thank you for that, Deltago. Yeah, thank you for that stat. Um, I, I have to wonder I if Kelly would be more. the the second star is an error on NHL.com. Like that's strange. I wouldn't hell? put it past them to have something wrong. <laughs> mm, yeah, their website um, and their app are both trash. So it could it could just be a weird mistake. But um. Since since we were kind of getting into it a little bit, uh, Corpusalo should have also been one of the stars of the game. Probably the second one, maybe first even. Like this was by far his best showing uh, as a Sens player since. Uh, funny enough, also against the Penguins, he had that shutout in preseason uh, in Halifax, I think. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, preseason back-to-back shutouts, both goalies. Right. Um, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. He we honestly thought we were set. We thought we were set after oh, those back to back yeah. shutouts, eh? And who oh boy. But better things tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um that that last goal was that that the last goal of the game against it was Gensler, right? At the very, very yeah. end. There were 30 mm-hmm. seconds on the clock clock. Was that was that deflected? I, 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 I didn't was. catch a replay. The commentators I couldn't tell if it was deflected or what. The commentators didn't pick up on it, but I was pretty sure that it hit uh, like our defenseman in front of the net, whoever it was. Okay, because if, if it was a clean shot, I was saying that whole game like, uh, like because Corpy's thing is he'll stop five, six shots in a row that he has no business stopping, and then he'll let in like a few softies. Um, and if that and and I was I, I didn't have time to like catch the replay of that, and I was like, if that was just that that's the softie maybe, um, but. No, if it was, it was deflected, a really then shot, so. just a phenomenal, just a phenomenal game. Mm-hmm. Just a phenomenal game from him. Definitely his best so far, without a doubt. Um, making me feel a lot better about about him, for sure. Not that I had, not that I mean, it's still very early. Not that I had that many doubts about him. Like he's impressed me enough games. Um, but yeah, just like so many, so many great, great saves. He he was trying to lie on top of the puck after a ridiculous scramble five times in this yeah, game. Yeah, that happens so Just much. Yeah. Crazy. I so, wonder if anyone that was I I can't remember who tweeted it, but someone said that uh uh Dean Brown probably had like an all-time high scramble. Oh my god, that's on, so good. On, on the radio tonight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he might have set a record tonight. And you know, with the shot count especially after the first period, this was giving me a little bit of deja vu to that uh, Dylan Ferguson game at the end of last season. Uh, oh, if you yeah. remember. I don't remember if you did the show for that one or if I did, but uh, that was a ridiculous one, and it, it felt a little bit like that, where I feel like the Sens are just always under siege going into Pittsburgh. It's, I, I was actually pulling some stats uh, before this game because going into road games in Pittsburgh just gives me really bad vibes. So I had to, I had to like confirm it, if it was just, just me or if there was actually stats to back it up. The Sens, you. the Sens all-time road record versus Pittsburgh was 17, 32, and 7 before today. So now we're up to 18 wins there at least. But that's one of the worst. That's like top five worst uh, road records against any team for the Sens uh, in their whole franchise history. And then to make it even worse, on the broadcast, they showed a stat that it, uh, the Sens were 1-13-1 in the last 15 uh, at, at the Pittsburgh arena. So... Yeah. Horrible, horrible odds going into this one. And there was also a stat that Corpusalo, uh, his last seven games, I guess it is, versus the Penguins, he had a 1-5-1 and record. So I was like, I was really giving the Sens no chance here tonight, but they, they did just enough to, to pull through, even though the odds were not in their favor. Yeah, um, I'm going back to it already. That first period felt a lot like that Islanders' first period, except the difference was the Sens were up after yeah. it and then it was eerily similar other than yeah. the goals and then the goals second period way. too right second Sens period woke yeah up. much better much better second period played really well and then they kept it going through the third honestly the the third was maybe a little bit shakier to start but mm-hmm. just honestly like i mean the bar <laughs> the bar is low um but outside of playing like i don't know um philly probably the best overall 60 minutes the Sens have played this season um like Which i said the bar is pretty low say with but... how bad the first period was yeah but, uh, so a lot of a lot of progress to be made still i i guess it's 
it's a bit of, it's kind of like exempted just because the first period was so bad but we went up to nothing so that that just it, that counts as a win overall and then it just becomes the best 60 minute effort um and funny enough you you mentioned about like breaking it down between the first second and third there high danger scoring chances i think it's actually really inter interesting to look at them tonight because 10 for the penguins in the first period which obviously that makes sense uh which is a ridiculous number for one period four in the second period which honestly i'm surprised they had that many because i don't think they had a shot in the second period until about nine minutes in and they were sitting on like two or three shots in that period until the last couple minutes uh before they yeah. scored so there was only a few in the second period and then do you want to guess how many there was in the third for the sens for the penguins oh, for the penguins how many they got against the sens in the third i'm trying my mom trying to picture like how how much the the, the shots jumped six so again first period 10 high danger chances against and then four in the second period and then in the third period only one sends only allowed one really? high chance in the third period according to natural stat trick which might have been the goal even like i don't know if that goal would have counted as high danger it was kind of like a I don't high know. slot it might it might not count i don't know if, the, if there's any way to figure out which shots were the high danger chances but uh only one recorded which is pretty amazing. That's nuts. Is that is that all situations or just five on five? Yeah, because uh, I don't think Pittsburgh even had a power play in the third period, so I had yeah. it. To, yeah, I had it set to five on, or had it set to all situations, but five on five, same thing, with no uh, no special yeah. teams play in that third period. That was interesting too because we've had a lot of Sens games where it's just been parades to the penalty boxes for both teams, like even against the Islanders. What was it? One for eight against the Islanders? Was that what it was? Yeah which yeah. is the main thing that we were so pissed off about last game uh yeah the refs put their whistles away tonight and it was only uh three opportunities for us and two for pittsburgh i would say the power play still wasn't great tonight like the power play at the end of the second period after the penguins scored i was worried that was going to be a huge momentum killer because penguins get that late period goal which is already usually a momentum killer and then you get a chance yeah. to get it back and we didn't really generate anything on that but you do have to at least give the power play a little bit of props tonight just because uh, they scored on their very first opportunity. So at least that got us uh, off on the right foot before the shot count went ridiculous in Pittsburgh's favor. At least we had a bit of a cushion, which does come from the power play, even though I didn't think they were great overall tonight. But what did you think about the power play? I, th I think after that game on Thursday, I just went in with such low expectations that I was pleased. I think uh, I think yeah. if I had gone in just with a more objective point of view, I I, I think I'd also be like, eh, it could be better. But I'm just I'm just happy there wasn't really even on the two they didn't score because they went one for three. Um, even on the two they didn't score, I didn't really feel that upset about it. And I, and like I said, I think that's maybe just my own fault going in with such low expectations that I was just perfectly pleased with what I saw. Mm -hmm. Another thing I was watching going into this game, uh, in terms of the special teams, was that. Pittsburgh's power play is surprisingly terrible. It was like 11% heading in today. And they don't... Uh, really? They don't, yeah, and they don't get anything done here tonight either. So it'll drop just a little bit more with the with the 0 for 2. Wow. Given their personnel, that's shocking. And I, the reason I was looking at this going into the game is because our penalty kill has been so bad. And um, when we killed the first penalty of the game, it became uh, 6 for 12 on our, on our PK for the last stretch. 
so we hit 50% on the, on the last 12 penalty kills, which is brutal, but I guess a little bit lucky that Pittsburgh apparently doesn't know what they're doing on the power play despite all that talent. I I can't believe that. Not that I've watched any Penguins games this year, so I have no idea, but that's that's nuts. Mm-hmm. And especially considering no uh, I was also expecting to come onto the show and just be talking about Eric Carlson the whole time. I was expecting him to light us up. He was really quiet tonight, too. We are over 20 minutes into the show, and we haven't even uh, mentioned him until now, which is pretty good. It's a lot better than... Uh... <laughs> well, I mean, DeBrent Breaker was held off the scoreboard, too, but that was like... I think it took us... 30 seconds to talk about to break oh, yeah. it. So yeah, we had to in that in that <laughs> we were we were real petty on that one. Um yeah, uh barely noticed him to be honest. Um yeah, I don't know. I I, I think also depends since I have like absolutely zero like ill will towards Eric Carlson. Oh me too. Um, That's the thing is that I still like him, but I hate the penguins. So I was oh, yeah. hating I was hating that he's on the penguins, although I think I've like made peace with it at this point, mostly just because I don't think they're going to be very good off to a not so great start. And they're the oldest team in the league. I knew they were the oldest team in the league, but I was surprised to learn today that their youngest player on the entire roster is 25, which is hilarious. That drop off when it, when it like, I mean, it's already started, right? They missed the playoffs last year, but when Mm -hmm. they really fall off a cliff, it's going to happen so fast. It's going to be unbelievable. Just the oldest. Yeah, like by far the oldest team. Like Carlson's the youngest like star player, I guess, on the team. And he's what, 33? Yeah, that's that's true. He's he's the youngest out of uh, Crosby, Malkin, and Latang, right? Like they're all older, I think. Because yeah. Carlson was, um, was like 2008 draft or 2009, and they were all drafted before then. Yeah, 2008. And yeah. And this is what, I think this is the 18th season of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang because... Yeah, uh, Malkin right. was 04, and then Crosby and Latang were 05, which is so stupid that you can get two of them in one draft. Ridiculous. And that's that's so not even stupid. mentioning Flurry. I think he was drafted a, a couple like before any. 03. first overall had, in 03. Yeah, they had him first overall as well. It's uh, it might be looking like the downfall of the Penguins is upon us. Um, it's funny because we were. If we if we lost this game, we were going to be talking all about like fire DJ Smith, fire Dorian, and maybe there will still be a little bit of that uh, to address. Oh, we're going to get to that. Yeah, we're we'll get, get to, that. to that very soon. But um, Pittsburgh with the three and five start now, uh, they might be getting into fire Mike Sullivan territory. So that that will be a little bit interesting if their start doesn't uh, turn around a little bit. It's going to be looking a little ugly. And it's also pretty incredible that like, and I mean just because of Crosby and Ovechkin like the penguins and the caps have been like stuck together for the last whatever that is 18 years um and both teams fall off at the exact same time they both just missed the playoffs last year and they're both looking really rough to start this season mm-hmm. it's pretty amazing how that how the timing of that all worked out yeah and uh, i think before we get into that dorian stuff which is going to be spicy uh last thing that i want to talk about from the game which is probably just a bit of a a brief note it luckily it didn't end up being too much of a consideration was that like we're we're out three of our regular defensemen so obviously we had to call up clevin and and madden paolo um yeah not a lot of ice time for them tonight i was excited to watch them and kind of uh 
try to pick out some specific things in their games and how they played, but like it was two minutes of ice time in the first period, five minutes after the second period, and they finished with uh, both just... Okay, yeah, Ma Matt and Paolo, eight minutes, 24 seconds, and Clevin, nine minutes, 23 seconds, so he had one minute more. I was about to say they were both eight minutes, but the text is really small on my screen. <laughs> so not a lot of ice time for them tonight. Luckily, we have Chikrin and Sanderson, and also your boy Hamannick able to carry the defense tonight. I actually thought Hamannick was pretty good. Um, but He had uh, a solid game. Um, mm -hmm. He had a really nice play in the first, I think, where he shoveled the puck back under Corpusalo from behind him. Yeah, he saved basically a goal. saved a goal, yeah. Uh, probably should have had a goal as well. Um, but offside, you know, that really yeah. cool rule where you can uh, say maybe. no goal because it was offside a minute ago. Um yeah, anyway. It was uh, so yeah. long bright, bright game that, for, for Hamnick, for that sure. That type of thing pisses me off. I, I think I've it's been awful. over it. I think I went over it so many times on the show last year of just like having an internal debate with myself over how they should try to change the offside rule. So I won't get into it now. I'll spare it now because luckily it didn't affect the outcome of the game here today. But but yeah, on the defense, like did you notice much in terms of Clevin and Matt Palo? I thought they were both like quietly pretty solid. There there's not a yeah. lot to say that like, oh, they were great or oh, they were bad or anything. They both just uh very limited minutes, they got the job done, right? Yeah, I think they were perfectly um unnoticeable, if that makes sense. Like nothing good enough to be noticed and nothing bad enough to be noticed. So um, for two rookies, Clevin having a few games under his belt and, and Matt and Powell having his first NHL game, I think that's all you can really ask. Um, and yeah, I, I maybe not ideal to have uh, four guys on defense who uh, have who played 20, 21, 45 or more, but no, like I, I completely get shell sheltering those two guys as much as you can. Um, but also just like a really tough go for dj on this one with your defenseman because like yeah half the defense is missing but it's also one guy from each pairing so you mm -hmm. can't even hold you can't even keep together one pair that you've had so far through the season so everything's shuffled around so um yeah um we're gonna get to uh wanting everyone fired but i will say right now that dj is in a tough spot and uh did a pretty good job of things today i think yeah, so DJ manages to save his job for sure. There, If we lost this game, there was going to be a lot of speculation about the next four days off for the Sens, which I was, I was going to complain about. Like, if we lost this game, I was like, I hate sitting on a loss for so long. But even though we won, I'm still yeah. pissed. I'm still pissed now because it's like, come on, let's get another one. Let's, let's go for another win already. But four days off, it probably would have been the ample time to make a change in coaching if you needed to. But we are at least back at 500, so probably not going to happen yet. But something that might happen is uh, who knows about Pierre Dorian's job at this point, uh, specifically with the report at the intermission from Elliot Friedman that. The Sens are probably going to get punished over the Evgeny Dadunov trade fiasco, which I can already tell from the expression on your face has you pissed off and it has me pissed off too, but uh, I'll let you start here. Yeah, so I guess to fill in anyone who doesn't know what's going on, um, somehow one of the more rough, um, for Ottawa anyway, big name free agent signings is getting worse. Uh, that it already was. Um, so in the uh, 2020 offseason, Sen signed Dadnov to a three-year deal. Um, 
played a full season with the Sens, looked fine, mostly just known for that phenomenal. Uh, I think he scored the OT winner in that huge 5-1 comeback against the Leafs. Yep. Um, so, you know what? That was worth a 5 mil for that season right there. It was, um, it was. Rent-free, I don't give a fuck. Whatever. It um, might not be <laughs> worth it now, though, with, with what's happening. Right. So, essentially what happened is uh, the Sens <laughs> traded him to Vegas for uh, Nick Holden and a pick. Um, and then the Knights... Uh, flip him to Anaheim or try to flip him to the Anaheim Ducks. Um, but then they find out that uh, Dadnov had a, uh, I don't, I don't remember if it was a no move or a mo- I think it was just a modified no trade. Right? Um, like they didn't realize that he did, that he had a modified no trade. Uh, didn't realize that until after the uh, league had approved all the paperwork and everything for the trade to the Ducks. Um, that trade gets uh, nullified. And uh, if you're wondering um, when that happened, uh, two years ago, uh, it was during the uh, 2021 offseason, I believe. Um, and now, uh, what, 27 months later, uh, all of a sudden, the league is looking into what happened and the Sens are probably going to get punished. That's um, what confuses me the most, is it's been two years right it was 2021 trade deadline so over two years at this point um why are they looking at it now like i highly doubt that they've been investigating this the entire time because how could it take this long to actually figure anything out if it was taking this long like you'd think they just wouldn't find any new info but there has to be something right because they wouldn't just suddenly like two years later be like hey remember that here's your punishment just out of nowhere yeah like and and you tweeted um you you posted a uh, screenshot uh, of an article about it from from the time tonight mm-hmm. um when they were like yeah no we looked into it and uh it's cool yeah like sportsnet reporting that there wasn't going to be any um any repercussions it it was a little bit of a a little bit of a vague report in how it was worded so it wasn't like an official statement in terms of the league coming out and saying like oh yeah nothing's gonna happen but it's it was still reported like the specific wording from this sportsnet article was the headline saying the senators won't face league discipline after the dadnov trade is voided and then in the article it says the senators have been cleared of any discipline by the league so i don't think that the writer of that article which unfortunately i don't have in my screenshot so i can't remember right now i don't think the writer of that article would have just like assumed that i'm pretty sure they would have had actual confirmation to use uh that type of wording so like it's possible just because it wasn't a direct statement from the nhl it's possible that Mm -hmm. that might not have been 100 percent the case but again i don't know why they would have written it like that if it didn't seem like it was just done and dusted it makes no sense and if and if you know the rumor of it being a first round pick that the Sens have to give up is true. That's absolutely insane. I'm gonna lose my shit. I'm gonna come on here and fucking scream yeah. in rage. And it's already got me swearing. Like what the like, fuck? Like horrible. The the coyotes lost a first and a second when they were holding like when they were holding um I don't even know what you would call it, like like training stuff for for draft eligible players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, players that they which didn't was completely have against the rules. The rights to yeah, they they were having training settings or sessions. So 
apparently this is on the same level as that if if the rumored uh punishment is true that seems ridiculous to me i don't know how you can even compare those two things first first round pick or not you take away a pick from the fucking ottawa senators for this any pick i don't care what round it Mm -hmm. is that's a bigger fucking punishment than the blackhawks had for their fucking the whole 2010 scandal thing going on like two million dollars what the fuck are we doing like and because Pierre Dorian forgot to mention on the phone, like, oh, whoops, yeah, my bad. There's he has a ten team no trade list or whatever. That's the fucking. That's worse. Complete. The NHL is a fucking like, joke. The NHL is a fucking joke. If it's a third round pick, it's gonna be a fucking joke. Like, it oh it God. shouldn't be any picks. But but thank you for bringing up the the Chicago thing because again no draft picks for that and they win the draft lottery we already had the whole fiasco in the summer about everyone getting mad about that being a light punishment and you're gonna tell me that a a, a gm forgetting to mention something on a trade call is worse that he should lose a first round pick over it and this isn't even defending yeah. P- pierre dorian obviously he messed up it's just that the punishment doesn't fit the the screw up here whatsoever and there's been literal sexual assault cover-ups with with no draft pick loss so are you telling me that nobody who works for Vegas has fucking cap friendly? Yeah, seriously. They, and like, they didn't, like, they say the onus was on Dorian to uh, inform them, but they didn't think to to look after either. Like, they acquire the player, and then they go to trade him to Anaheim, and they don't make sure with the player, you know? They didn't even check. They just assumed ever since acquiring Do- uh, Dadanov from Dorian that there would be nothing to worry about. Like, they don't, they didn't, they didn't do their due diligence either. So, I don't understand. No, it's 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 a fucking joke. It's a fucking joke. And no, and we're not saying that that Pierre Dorian didn't do anything wrong. If this is the case, he fucked up. But like, come on, come on. And I mean, like, listen, if this is what you need, if this is what Michael and Lauer needs to say, all right, fuck it, you're done. Then cool. Like, mm-hmm. then we we're moving along. We're you know, but like, it's so stupid. It's so it's so stupid. So here's what I'm thinking instead. I, I've I've come up with an alternative punishment for the Sens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, basically the 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 Golden Knights missed out on their return. Um, I don't remember what the return would have been for them from probably from the not Ducks. even let me, much. Let me just double check on that. Um, that's the thing. Okay, it, the return that they potentially would have got for Dadanov, I guarantee you, is going to be less than than what we're going to get fined. So where where do they come up with a first round pick as the fine? If it ends up being that, uh, which is the rumor reported by someone who was the first person to even uh, mention that this would be being looked into again, so we have reason okay. to believe it. Like what what was the potential uh, trade return? So it would have been Dadanov and a conditional second round pick uh, to Anaheim for John Moore and um. I want John want... Moore. Is he even in the league still? That's a good question. And then it also would have been the, uh, to bring in the contract of Ryan Kessler. Oh, um, yeah, just contract dumps. Contract dumps going both ways and a second round pick included on Vegas's side, meaning they were just paying yeah. Anaheim to take him. Anyway, so here, here's what we got to do. We got to work our way back and figure out what, what to take away from the Sens. So... Okay, so this trade didn't work out fine. What do the Sens get in return 
for Dadanov. It was Nick Holden and a pick. Well, Nick Holden retired. He played two seasons with Ottawa. You're never going to get that back. Fine. All right. Well, the pick. The pick was uh, uh, not the good one, but it was the defenseman named Elias Pettersson. But obviously the Sens oh, didn't make that yeah. pick. So what do you do? Well, I guess oh. we got to give up who the pick was traded for, which... <laughs> I already know. I already oh. know. Oh! Oh, it's, it it's Travis Hamnick. Um, what do you what do you say we just void that uh that silly uh contract with a no move and term, and we just call it a day? Uh, Gary, uh, Miss Mister Bettman, can we uh can we make that happen? Yeah, I think let, let's I, I think it's only Gary. fair. I think it's only fair. I, I think we can call it a day. As much as you joke, I still do think it's a legitimate point that you shouldn't find the Sens more than what Vegas was losing out on from being able to trade Dadanoff from Anaheim, which was the thing they thought that they were able to do that they weren't able to do because Dorian didn't report the no-trade clause. But even if he did report the no-trade clause, then they wouldn't be able to trade him to Anaheim anyway. So it doesn't even make any sense that you really missed out on anything. And you shouldn't, you wouldn't have been able to make the trade if everything was working as it should have in the first place. So even even on that argument of lost value, they didn't get anything in return for Dadanov, and they gave up a pick along with him in that trade that got cancelled. So, the Sens getting fined a first, it's like, it was a mistake, but who was really wronged here? Like, no one missed out on anything other than Anaheim missing out on getting Dadanov and the extra pick. Like, they were, they were getting a pick to take on a contract. Um, so, are we really going to lose a first-round pick over that? Like... That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, I did mess something up, I think. The article was written in a funny way. So it was Vegas would receive John Moore and Ryan Kessler mm-hmm. in return for... Okay, so it would have been Dadnov in a conditional second. Yeah, so... yeah that's that's what you, that's what we had. Yep. Yeah, so Vegas missed out on... On, on some contract dumps. And John yeah. Moore. That's it. And Anaheim missed out on a conditional second and having Dadanov, which, okay, whatever. Like, yeah, that's worth us losing a first. Like, no fucking way. Like, especially because, um, like, we have two first round picks this year. It's going to be ours if it gets revoked. It's going to be our own first, which is probably yeah. going to be a higher pick than the Detroit or Boston pick. Like, doesn't Just make any my- sense. If, like, if, if you want to be harsh on Dorian. I don't think it should be as harsh as a first round pick. Like a second round pick, I'll take that, you know? First round pick is bullshit. It's so stupid. At least there was a second round pick in the trade that got cancelled because of his screw up. Not a first. Yeah. Um I don't know what else you can say about it. Like it's just so stupid. And we're probably gonna have to talk about it again once uh once the punishment oh, yeah. is announced, happens. because it will probably it will probably happen before uh, the next show on Thursday, since we're off for so long, which that pisses me off too. I want to. That's I a wanna... really good point, actually. Yeah, they've got they've got like a full four days to find a way to fuck with this with mm-hmm. this team. Man, I'm uh, pissed. If so, say so, say you know because uh, Elliot Friedman was talking about it uh, tonight, right? So. Say that because he's got his hands on some kind of story for it. Um, at this point, safe to say that if something's going to happen, it would probably happen by end of the day Monday. Oh yeah. Um, 
if that's the case, do you just say if you're if you're and Lauer, do you say, all right, fuck it, you're out of here to Dorian, and then you have two days to figure out what to do and just have I guess you just have Steos become interim GM until they find someone so. else. This is the um, thing. I, I think it would be unfair to find us a first round pick. But even if we do get find a first round pick, I think then it, it's kind of fair for Ann Lauer to can Dorian just because oh, even, for sure. even though I think it's unfair, that's what the punishment ends up being. That's pretty inexcusable for a GM to take that kind of uh, uh, punishment. Like, um, was it John Chaka, the GM of, of the Coyotes when they yeah. had draft picks find? He didn't last very long after that, if at all. Like, I don't, I don't know when they let him go, but pretty sure it was pretty soon after that. I think it was the same off season. Yeah, probably. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, if Ann Lauer has been looking for an excuse, he's been handed one. Um, for sure. And this is, <laughs> um, so today, uh, the episode that uh, Maude and I were on of of the Zoobcast uh, came out. And I think it's going to age very, very poorly because already one of the things we brought up was um, about how great the uh, the Greg Tarasenko yep. and Joseph line is, mm-hmm. and that's already gone. Um, and then, and one of the things we talked about was who's going to who's going to get fired first between DJ and and Dorian, and we all went DJ. Um, and with this win, I think if the Sens had lost, and if Dorian's going to get canned anyway, it probably would have been both of them in this long so. kind of yeah. gap before the game against uh the next one's against LA, right? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I, I think DJ's kept his job for for the next week anyway. Yeah, which yeah, like you said, we were debating about DJ or Dorian out first and and none of us expected the sense to win this game. None of us were giving them any credit, so we were all saying DJ out first and expecting it to happen right away. But yeah, he saved no. his job a little bit here tonight with, with this win. Uh, it's going to be tougher against the Kings, I think, uh, because I was watching their game last night against the Coyotes uh, because I'm a, I'm a sicko with nothing to do uh, late at night, so <laughs> watching that irrelevant-ass game. But um, the Kings, according to their broadcast, have scored the most goals in the whole league so far. So these are not your 2012 LA Kings where they grind you to 2 nothing wins. Um, so it's going to be a tough, tough challenge for our defense on Thursday. You put Forsberg in? I assume that Corpusella will be back in just because of how good he was tonight. Like, he was outstanding, so... That's what I would do as Gotta well. go with him. And pray that Zub is back as well. Pray that Zub can return in four days. But who knows? There hasn't really been an update on him. Yeah, uh, definitely the closest to coming back out of the uh, injured defenseman. So mm-hmm. hopefully it would be really, really nice. Yeah, and uh, I guess... That's really needed. Just before we wrap, I'll, I'll check the chat a little bit um we did have some activity but i was uh, i was getting so riled up about talking about the the potential draft pick punishment oh. that like i kind of i kind of lost track of the chat here but we'll we'll see what was going on in there uh newbie saying the lesson to take from all of this is that the ottawa senders are the main character of the national hockey league uh sadly that seems to be the case um and sometimes i'm getting sick of it i have to say if the if the sends are the main character, then it's a comedy, not a uh, not a fun uh, or a action movie, or yeah. yeah, or a tragedy either. Or <laughs> could you imagine if uh, if the Ryan Reynolds bid 
one and they were doing a documentary right now and you had this pinto stuff going down and you also had oh. uh, the dorian like draft pick punishment could you imagine if that was a uh, all on a documentary we... what we could have had yeah what we could have had <laughs> oh boy um delta go also saying that the whole incident with the dadnov trade made the league look bad and they need a scapegoat and they're not going to scapegoat the gm for vegas who who is the stanley cup winning team that makes sense like from their perspective i get that i get that but i still just think the punishment is too harsh like if they're going to punish us a first round pick is is way too much i don't see how it warrants that whatsoever if the sends get made like an example of twice in a fucking week between Pinto and Dorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, and end of sentence because I can't think of a way to yeah. continue. <laughs> I was what like, where's this fuck? going? <laughs> oh god. Like I don't have a table. My my desk is like it's attached to the wall. I don't have anything I can flip, but like I'd fucking <laughs> You'd try anyway. Flipping. You would yeah, be... I'd flip some tables. Yeah, you'd be ripping it out of the wall. Um, and, uh, I see saying the fine does need to be more than the loss slash gain, I guess, uh, in terms of the, the potential trade. Otherwise it's not a, a deterrent, which I do think is a fair point, but in terms of saying that it's a deterrent, it's like, we're pretty sure it was a mistake by Dorian. It's we're, unless there was some new information discovered that was, that he did it on purpose and which which I don't know why, like, that wouldn't even make any sense. Like, what for what reason would you be trying to screw over Vegas? He didn't know a, a year before when he traded Dadanov to Vegas that this was going to come up. He probably just assumed that uh, Dadanov would stay in Vegas. Like, how is he supposed to know? Um, so it was it was probably just something that, that slipped his mind, a mistake. So I don't know, like, what do you think about that? I mean, he fucked up. Like, if if, if you're up. making a trade, you have to be, you know, put everything on the table. Um, let them know, even though, like, should Vegas have known already before even calling about him? Yes. Uh, does that, that mean that Pierre gets a pass for doing something really stupid? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, he absolutely is to blame in that, regardless of whether or not the 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 punishment is absurdly tough. Yeah. It has no reason to be that. It should be, it should be a financial thing, right? Like in my opinion, it should be, the team should be fine, but yeah. Like why is it draft pick related in the first place anyway? Like, again, we were talking about the whole Chicago cover up scandal was a money fine, even though that had to do with actual mistreatment of players um which which makes your organization look bad you know when you're drafting new 18 year olds and signing them that didn't affect their draft picks at all but something that has nothing to do with that is going to take a draft pick away for some reason so stupid and and part of me is like why are you waiting this long but if they hadn't waited this long and the Sens lost a first then we wouldn't get to say jacob chikrin is an ottawa senator Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I don't. It's so stupid. Listen, if someone does something stupid and it's against the rules, punish them when it happens or fuck yeah. them off. Exactly. It's. I feel like it's been too long in terms of the in terms of how it seemed like it was settled. It seemed like 
yeah, it was a mistake, but no one really got screwed over that bad other than there being some confusion. And then they worked it out at the at the league offices and like with the trade calls, right? Like who is still hurting from this? Yeah, uh, Dadnov's on a different contract now. Like, yeah. it's, I don't know, it's so silly. Hell, he um, could have, Anaheim could have signed him if they wanted him that much after the season. They didn't do that. Like, yeah. no one, it's not that big a deal. So, uh, this is pissing me off for sure. This is so stupid. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a little bit relieved that I'm not on the Thursday night game in case something happens because it be it's chaotic. just going to be like, me screaming into the camera for the whole yep. show if, if that was the oh, case God. yeah well since you mentioned that i guess that's probably where where we'll wrap up i'll be back on thursday night to cover the game with uh louis boulet from the Zoobcast. uh always love having louis on so that should be a great game maybe we will have an update on this whole uh, dorian situation maybe we won't but regardless it should be an entertaining matchup against the kings um yeah that's where we're gonna leave it so Subscribe to SDPN if you haven't. Uh, Leave a like on the video. Thank you for watching, everyone. See you next time. Game!